1: this is one-on-one with jasper cole hollywood's bad guy and so much more actor talent manager producer and more now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment politics pop culture and beyond this is one-on-one with jasper cole all right howdy 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 and welcome to one-on-one with jasper cole this is your host mr jasper cole and we are coming to you live from Temple Bay Studios right here in Hollyweird, California. Uh, Please follow us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter. It is now Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S, Facebook, Jasper Cole. There's JasperCole.com. Too much Jasper Cole. But if you go to uh, to JasperCole.com, there's a link to one-on-one with Jasper Cole and all the... uh, information is there and uh but i want to get right to our special guest today i have to apologize because we tried to do this interview two weeks ago and something came up
2: hi it's jamie progressive number one number two employee leave a message at the hey jamie
1: it's me jamie this is your daily pep talk i know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group mad harmony but you will bounce back I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note,
0: and take Mad Harmony
1: all the way to nationals this
0: year! Sorry, is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: But I couldn't do it. But I want to welcome an amazing actress. She kind of does it all. She's a hyphenate. She does a lot of different stuff. But we're going to let you tell us all about your journey and your life. Please welcome Vita Ghaffari. <laughs> Hello,
2: hello. such an honor to be on your amazing show, and you're such a noted actor yourself, so it's truly, truly an absolute honor for me. And
1: well, kudos
2: and congrats on everything, especially the rookie. I love ABC Primetime!
1: Thank you. Well, compliments as well to our other special guest who is a publicist extraordinaire, he's a writer, he's a producer. He does catering. No, I'm kidding. He does it all. Welcome,
0: Mr. Joe Williamson. Hey, buddy. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to see you again. And one thing I have to disagree with there's never enough uh, Jasper Cole. You said there's too much. We need more Jasper Cole. Thank you. You You know, you're such a brilliant actor and such an incredible, wonderful human being as well. Allegedly. Thank
1: you. (laughs) I'll pay you. You got the check, right? I'll give it to you later. Anyway, well, Vita, congratulations on all the work you have going on. And first of all, where can people. Follow you on social media or find sure, out Sure,
2: sure. You can find me at Vida Ghaffari, V I D A G H A F F like Frank A R I, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So I'm around.
1: That's easy. It's all your name.
2: It's all my name. And yeah. it's
1: Gafari like Safari.
2: Gafari like Safari. And actually, in Farsi, it's like a common name like Smith. Oh, it is? Yeah. So I'll go to like the West Side and I'll sign my bill and they'll be like, are you related to so and so Gafari? And I'll be like, probably Probably. 20 generations ago.
1: Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of us
2: out here. And whenever we meet each other, we we try to figure out how we're related. So it's funny.
1: (laughs) Well, I want to get into your entire background. But before we do that, let's talk about some of the upcoming stuff you have that we want to we want to plug you've got lots of films you've been very busy
2: uh and very excited uh first of all uh, i just had the premiere for robo woman dustin ferguson is an amazing young filmmaker cult filmmaker great cast donna lee heising is in it legendary actor mel novak sue price from the nemesis franchise brink stevens you know big scream queen from slumber party massacre so great, great cast. We had really noted actors. Aki Aliyong was in it, so we just had our premiere recently, and that's doing very well. Also shot Harley Wallen's Abeyance, and that's in post right now. The premiere should be this September in Holly Weird, as you <laughs> accurately say, and it's going to be in <laughs> different markets, and then, of course, it's going to go to VOD, so very excited. It's going to premiere in Los Angeles. There's going to be a New York premiere, Chicago, Boston, Philly, a few other places, so that's very exciting. That that was a really amazing cast harley's an amazing filmmaker as well richard tyson scout taylor compton billy worth uh, again legendary actor mel novak Uh, Just a great, great cast of of really amazing actors. Katie Wallen, Jan Birch, just a great, great cast of people. And that's a sci-fi film, very edgy. So that was really an amazing experience to work on, on location in Michigan. And
0: that's based on real science, isn't it? Yes, based on real science.
2: Based on an article he read about, uh, I guess in a scientific magazine, Without giving too much away, some Chinese researchers were working on this, uh, you know, cutting edge technology. Um, If you want to call it almost like a Photoshop technology, but I really don't know what I can give away. You can tell. Um, Basically, it's putting some, it's like putting somebody's brain in somebody else's body. So it's like being forever young. Oh, wow. Like tech everlasting, but like with science and technology and
0: and isn't this, like, in the article, isn't this actually scientists actually doing this? Or working They're out...
2: actually working on this in China. They want to of do course. this in China. Of course, They're China. are so far ahead of us. Yes, they are. But I don't know. I don't know about the Chinese, I though. They some of the things they do. With What's that surgery where they break people's legs to make them taller? Oh, yeah, yeah, they do that in I Iran, have, they I do that in China. That. No, but you're then you're fine you, just where you are. You get part. like weird legs. Like people have had like terrible infections and I mean, who knows if you put somebody's brain in somebody's body, what if it's like somebody that's cuckoo for cocoa puffs? That's true. I think that the theme of this is that you're forever young. Like somebody that's in their, you know, 60s, 70s can be like a 20-year-old again. But Great what's concept. the medical ramifications of that? Right. And like it then it becomes a whole caste system whereas the really wealthy can afford to do this and then poor people become pawns. Oh. So that's a whole other philosophy. What of this kind of film. character
1: do you play in, in that one?
2: I play a scientist by the name of Nikita. Nikita. Yes. Is
1: she a good person? good lady? Mm,
2: I don't know. Nikita's oh. a little bit selfish. <laughs> 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 I can't give too much away.
1: Nikita, let's just say she starts out good.
2: I think it's for the greater good of her and those that she... I think these people really think it's like for the greater good of science. Like these researchers in China, they probably think it's for the greater good. They're doing
1: a good job, but they don't...
2: But also a little selfish, too. Yeah. They want to test out the merchandise for themselves. That's
1: exciting. We'll be looking for that one for sure.
2: I'm very excited about that. I'm excited about all of them, but yeah, very excited about that one. And Harley is an incredible filmmaker, and it's a very cutting-edge... Theme and it, working with the cast was amazing, and the crew was and wonderful. you said you shot it in Michigan. Shot it in Michigan, yeah. What part?
1: Detroit or
2: and not Detroit? I think we were in like Troy, Michigan, right? So.
1: I think so. They're yeah. shooting a lot more, you know, in Michigan too. Well, first of all, it's a great tax break. I know they were using Detroit a lot because, unfortunately, I mean the city. Yeah. I mean, it had gotten in such a disarray, but on one hand, but it makes for great, like apocalyptic kind of. Settings, yes. that kind of thing,
2: and they have a thriving film community yeah. there.
0: And then when they're planning uh, to have a premiere here, they'd love to have you there. Jessica. Yeah, it'd be oh, great please. to have you I'd at love the premiere. To be
2: there. We'd be honored to have that you there. That would be there. great.
1: So go ahead. What else? I know oh, she's got a whole list. Because. Yeah, I do
2: have a list, but I hope uh, that I don't uh, cut myself short with the time. Uh, oh, Moon. no, please. So,
1: this is your hour.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm not used to having an hour. So Moon of the Blood Beast, I just shot that last week. Oh, wow. Uh, once again with the lovely Donna Lee Heising, Mel Novak, that's another Dustin Ferguson film, uh, DT Carney, Mike Ferguson, a great cast we have there. And uh, what Alan Maxson, he's in the next Godzilla movie, great cast. And what I really enjoyed was this is the first time I played. Uh, I was a dispatcher and I've never played like a police office dispatcher. And it's kind of like, I don't want to say like Mayberry, but it felt like it was a small town, like a small town dispatcher. And, I, you know, the director, Dustin, is an amazing guy. And he's like, you know, I want this woman to kind of be on the make. She's flirtatious with the sheriff. She's like one of those busybody women. And I was like, oh, no problem. So like I got my <laughs> nail files together. He's like, I think she's very desperate. So he's like, you know what? Bring what you would have if you were a desperate woman. So I got, I went to like a thrift store. I got like, um... These books like, you know, how to nab a guy or, you know, you're just as smart as you think you are. So I got all these self-help <laughs> books all over the table. I'm reading like a tabloid magazine when I should be on the job. So I felt like she was kind of like a younger version of the Mrs. DeWiggins in the oh Carol my Burnett sketch. I love that. So like so not was as kind over of the comedic.
1: Top. You were able to make her...
2: I think because he knows I, I love comedy yeah. and I started out in comedy. He's like, you know, Vita, I want you to have fun with her. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I want it, I want her to be fun. So she's a bit of a flirt, but I think her flirtation kind of keeps her from figuring out like who this What's... blood beast is. But I think that's part of the whole shtick was for her to be like some... Not dim-witted, but she just had Simple. her own agenda. Simple. Yeah. like is she a...
1: heavily made up? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, so
2: that was nice. I had, like, red lipstick, and I was like, are you sure you want me to have red lipstick? He's like, go for it. Uh, he's like, do the full eye and and, and uh, hair and the eyeshadow whole eye shadow and the smoky eye, and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm like, but I'm a dispatcher. He's like, yeah, but you're not your typical dispatcher. Right. So, you're, you're, you know, your biological clock is ticking. You want to nab this sheriff? I'm like, okay. <laughs>
1: and who plays the sheriff?
2: A, a, a character actor by the name of D.T. Carney. Oh, that sounds
1: familiar, actually. Well, everyone, look him up. On yeah, IMDb. everyone, look
2: up D.D.T. Carney. So I. And got you to, just
1: wrapped that? Or... Just
2: wrapped that last week. Wow! Yeah. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. I even had a little dispatcher uniform, so that was cool. So. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. So
1: let's talk about your. You mentioned Farsi and you your Persian. Mm-hmm. So were you born in? Amer- Are you first generation? Or- I
2: was born in the U.S. My family's been here a long time. My dad's been here since the late 1940s. And then oh. my mom came in the 60s during the you know during the race riots. Right. So that was her introduction to She's American like, culture. Hello. <laughs> wow. Welcome. She's like, what a racist country. Because <laughs> they're from D.C. My family's from D.C. So that was in the middle of all of that. Right so it was it was a crazy time to move to this because you know when you're in another country you think everything is like I love Lucy or Ozzie and Harriet and a white picket fence and she was really surprised I'm sure so she has her own views on everything because you know she immigrated to this country during a tumultuous time so born and raised in the D.C. area uh, studied uh, journalism and my dad typical Persian father he's like study economics you'll get a job at the World Bank there's a certain tax you don't have to pay but I would have had to pay that tax because it's only for foreign nationals. So my dad was very practical, but he didn't have like, he wasn't that, cl- he was very smart, but not that clever. But um yeah, so I minored in theater and I actually performed at the University of Maryland. We had a black box theater and you know, LA is such a small town in that The guy that built the theater that I performed in used to be the head of the SAG Conservatory, Carl Warren. So that was very nice, like, as an introduction to come here and see someone like that. So that was really cool. But I got to tell you, the D.C. market was hard because at the time it was mostly industrials. Industrials. And there really wasn't much going on. And people would go to different states. I mean, It was survival of the fittest for the bit, 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 bit parts, industrials, maybe voiceover here and there, not that much of anything, a lot of political ads, but they all have their own people. Right. So
1: So. you spent a little time in D.C. in that performance area, like after college? I did did after
2: college, and I worked on Capitol Hill as well, but not in acting and journalism. Right. But I also did acting as well, and... Uh, you know, this. I joined SAG in my hometown, Bethesda, Maryland. Wow. So, and and if I joined it here, there would have been like 100,000 people, right? Right. I joined it there. They gave me an appointment. I showed up. They offered me coffee. I, I was like astounded because it's, a, you know, right. it's it's a smaller office, but it's in D.C., but it's not like D.C. is not known for its acting. But I think after all these shows now... Uh, well, I don't know after the whole Kevin Spacey thing, but right. like you know, like there was a there was that <laughs> well, big show there. The, well, there is that. Yeah, and but, they, that employed a lot of people. Right, right. So I heard it got really crazy there. a Few were, years were, ago, did,
1: were you AFTRA first? Being, I was after journalist? first. Yeah. I was
2: after first, but I was after first because I got it on a Comedy Central show.
1: Oh, gotcha. Before
2: the unions merged. Right. Right. So yeah. that was on Mind of Mencia many oh, moons ago, which Carlos. we drove right by here. Yes, yes. it was a Hollywood Center. Center Studios. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: think I did. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, you yeah, were on that, on that show too. I worked on that show. Good old Hollywood Center yeah. Studios.
1: Yeah, I've done a lot of things there. I like that studio. That's a cute
2: little studio. Yeah.
1: So you mentioned comedy because you, you really like comedy, right? That Did you have a background in comedy in, in particular
2: you know i did a lot of comedic theater i did a lot of improv i did a lot of sketch comedy i was a ucb alum oh wow bright citizens oh, yeah. brigade yeah back in the day i think i went up to level five and i really wanted to do the cage matches but i i mean this is my philosophy i could be wrong i feel like a lot of those people they do improv for years and years and years and then they don't when then it then when it comes to acting it's like people really that take acting transition. classes for 20 years, which is great. But then they'll like miss everything to do the acting class. That's one thing that scared me. I noticed a lot. Um, sometimes I'll see a few of them in commercials, but a lot of them, they still do their cage matches. They still do their rehearsals. That's like a job that pays no money.
1: Right. That so almost becomes like a thing itself. It's like
2: a cult. Yeah. I hate to say it.
1: Well, but- even like with the Groundlings, it's also a big money-making situation yes. for the ground I mean no no judgment but yes it's expensive. It's very expensive. To go up. And you have to be invited back, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I never did the groundlings and in retrospect, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, I'm more character based, so I right. think I should have done the groundlings, but then I hear so many heartbreak stories and like, you know, manic depression because of the groundlings, maybe it wasn't a good choice <laughs> for me. Because I have friends that would go all the way to the Sunday company and then they'd get cut for cut, no reason.
1: Cut. Yeah. And they've spent lots of money.
2: And time time. And effort and energy, and they don't even have a degree to I show for it. think it's quite
1: political over there. Political it's very political. Who you know. and Who
2: you know, and if you're like, you know, they've got to have like, you know, one Asian lady, right. and, the, you know, they got to have like, you know, one, I don't know, ethnically ambiguous whatever, and they got to have like one 300-pound lady. Right. I hate to say it, but no, it's the it's truth.
1: True. Well, it's interesting because meeting you, you could play many different things. You, you're not just immediately Persian. I would never just say, oh, Vita's Persian. Like you could, you could play a lot of different ethnicities, and do I've you grown find, into that. Yeah, do you yeah. find that it's very helpful, right? In your it first... is
2: very helpful. I think initially, the agents and managers I had, they didn't have the foresight. They would just submit me for the Middle Eastern stuff, and a lot of times on set, I mean, this is so politically incorrect, but they would like be like. She's a little fair let's darken her up or let's make her eyebrows thicker or whatever they could you know you Middle Eastern enough, enough. Yeah. I remember one of the first auditions I went for is in Laurel Canyon it wasn't at UDK but it was a few buildings down and the guy is like what are you doing here all the brown people have to be here today and I was like uh-uh. wow but dude this is not this was a long time ago and I was like wow this is before sag had the whole diversity thing and I was like wow my eyes were and the there were like two people. other actors there and they and they looked they looked over at me and then they looked over at themselves and yeah, so that was uh that was a weird incidence. But yeah, I'm used to being like, um, it's funny, like they the makeup that they use for contouring they would use on my whole face. But then they'd be like, well we have to match her hands. So there's a very skewed notion of the world in the Middle East. I think it's getting better, but I'm really enjoying playing the ethnically ambiguous like the last thing i played was a lady named noel johnson so i'm really enjoying that because
1: i mean you could totally play middle america like i don't see you instantly persian or or ethnic like i'm looking at you thinking you could just be middle america white bread christy jones
2: oh i'd love to be christy jones but you know i think the thing is um also uh with the Middle America jobs, I have a whole Middle America wardrobe now. Right when I do auditions, when I do self tapes, and let me tell you, it really helps because I'm a typical Angelino because I love to wear black, but that doesn't fly. So I have you very need some generic
1: gingham, denim and gingham. And yes, yes, checkered and yeah,
2: striped or well, you can't wear stripes on camera, but like very generic clothes. Exactly, that really helps. And I hate to say it, but it does help. I'm yeah. really into character stuff. So. Well, no,
1: and that's probably your background comedy as well yeah, yeah yeah yeah, for sure so um how did you sort of venture because you you're doing more horror stuff how did that happen just a job and when one I, job led to the led to the next
2: when i was younger uh a sweet Weren, young weren't, thing weren't we all uh, yes we, we all <laughs> were and, sweet, and but... i was first when i first moved here there was a lot of opportunities for young women in horror but i was always the uh, yeah, the friend of the girl that gets killed. Thankfully, I wasn't the girl that got naked. I was, you know, naked. The, uh, naked, you said naked. Naked. That
1: was very southern. Uh,
2: well, you know, yeah. Maryland's a mid-Atlantic state, but I wasn't that girl. But in a way, I'm very grateful that I wasn't that girl for many reasons. My parents would probably kill me. Yeah. But I think the other reason was is I feel like I have a lot more longevity, mm-hmm. uh, and I, you know, it was those roles are often more compelling because there's more interesting things to say, like no. Don't go <laughs> to that dark scary house alone at night or you can't trust that guy he's going to take <laughs> advantage of you or why are you waiting for him at a truck stop? So it's a little more compelling. But they usually kill you first, right? but I always get killed right. first. Yeah, you and the I'm black person, small. me and the black African American right. person. We always get killed, right? First. Especially if it's a heavy set African American. Right. Person. They're
1: immediately gone. Immediately. Two lines. Yeah. And yeah two
2: two out. good zingers, and they're gone. <laughs> so yeah. So that was the that was the thing that I did when I came to this town. But then I realized, you know, it's for me. I noticed it's harder and harder to get TV auditions. Right. Harder and harder to get stuff. And like the horror community is so um supportive. Open. Open. Accepting. I can play so many different roles. Whereas am I gonna go over the hill for an under fiver that it's there's a woman there's women there that have a lot more credits than I do, in a in a headscarf, you know, or a burka. The last TV thing I did was Jimmy Kimmel, and I was in a burka, and that was very uncomfortable. I've worn burkas before, but this one had like the netting.
1: What is it? Hollywood's obsessed with the burka thing. They like, are
2: obsessed with the burka, and now there's the burkini. Right. <laughs> so that's a that's a big thing too. So I think it's just so different. They just want to. I think it's almost like. They want to say that they accept it now. Right. Maybe because, not to get political, because of the times that we're in. But, um, yeah, I find that the TV stuff, while it's great money, I feel like it's very, for me, I Mm -hmm. don't know about, um, the roles you play are very multifaceted. But I feel like it's almost a little on the nose.
1: Well, no, I mean, I'll be the first to say, yeah, no, I'm totally typecast. I mean, that's what TV does, typecast you. And you kind of... Yeah, I mean, you kind of, from a business point of view, you kind of say, "Thank God I'm typecast because you want to get on that list." But, yes. for, but as an actor, you know, it can be a little. We kind of had a conversation earlier. Yes, we did. That, that's a little bit of what I. That that's a good point of what I was trying to say. It's not that I'm not excited about what I do anymore, but it's it's just kind of like I'm gonna play that guy. Right. You know, and I always say that's where theater. Or maybe horror or other right. stuff allows us to stretch, or independent do, films, or independent, or independent films, films, and do yeah. So you kind of have that TV is uh, like, like um, your typecast in that, but hopefully you can play other stuff. But I don't. But see again, I'm back to. Um, you, I don't see you get pigeonholed playing like, you know, the burka
2: lady. And the, the problem with the burka lady is those women aren't known to talk. So there'll be a writer writing some zingy lines for the burka lady trying to like fend for herself in this cold, cruel world. And then the lines will be cut or there'll be like a couple lines or it's just a it's a it's a big conundrum. And
1: it's tricky. Uh, the networks get nervous. Yes. With. OK, you worked on the Mindy Project. Yes. Instance. Tell mm. everyone about that. Character that you played
2: well. Originally, the character was supposed to be because Mindy plays a gynecologist. Originally, at a clinic, the character was supposed to be this woman who was very um, laid back and liberated. But then, you know, there was a pilot, and all these, you know, fingers were in the pie, and things changed. So I think that's a problem with TV is it's very restrictive. But with independent film, a person can just really stretch their wings, and you know, the directors are very open to things right. in indie film and you know also having great representation helps i was gonna say and getting uh, these how did, wonderful indie how films.
1: did you guys get together as
2: i met him at an event in santa monica okay i'm in an event in santa monica and i was like gosh this guy is very impressive he uh he has his clients were at the event he was making sure everybody was taken care of it's something you rarely see i feel like he goes the extra mile yeah so, you know, I really appreciate that. And he's a hard worker. Yeah. Even on weekends, he's always pitching people. So. Right.
0: I try my
1: best. Thanks. And you guys have, you've worked together on projects? Or as,
0: as uh, well, you're, because your hand is in so many things. Well, I do a lot of. Uh, you connect but, your clients together. Exactly. You know, networking is um, very important in this right. business. You know, just you connect with the right people. And, you know, like, uh, look at Helen Nudy. She's did, like. 20 movies with uh, Dave Dakota. He right. always puts her in the movies right. and gets her in the lifetime. It's just, you know, it's good to connect with the right people, I think.
1: And, like, I've I've heard you mention already Dustin Ferguson twice. Like, mm. you've done at least two, right? I think three or three. four by now. Yeah. yeah. That's another example of networking. And yes. that's a client
0: of yours as well, right? Exactly. You know, it, 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 and this has been going on for years. If you look at Dick Miller, you know, he must have did, like, 20 or 30 movies with Joe Dante. Right. You know, before he, I think Joe Dante put him in a movie three or four years ago. Right. You know, uh, just uh, a short time after he died, and Roger Corman he put would put Same Joe Dante uh, would put Dick Miller, in, he must have put him in about thirty films. Was Dick also in Gremlins? Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. And Joe Dante directed that, and right. that was a movie that made uh, Dick Miller probably his biggest biggest g- thing. Yeah. Thing, and and he put him in a dozen films. And look after at Tarantino. That.
1: Tarantino. Tarantino oh has goodness. like his. Rep, yes. rep company
0: of people, yeah. Sam Jackson, and
2: it's a great repertory Uma. to be in. Yeah, it,
0: exactly. You know, Quint, Quintino, he he brought Michael Madison's career back from the dead, and David Carradine, right? And, you know, he helped quite a few people. You know, so could just he,
1: could he bring Michaels back again? Oh, sorry, I don't even Shout think he to can Michael, do that. Sorry, yeah, about... yeah, or no, Tom. Time, Tom time, time Sizemore.
0: Did well, they we... definitely
2: get their SAG uh and vested. That's true. I'll tell you that for That's sure. True.
0: It's funny. I remember before Burt Reynolds passed away, he was going to uh, try and bring him back and put him in his uh, that new film. Great.
2: Talk about the comeback of all comebacks, right? That would have been his third comeback.
1: Well, remember he he kind of resurrected Robert Forster's yes. career for
2: Jackie
0: Brown. Mm-hmm. That's when he kind of came back.
2: Yes, but, and he was incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Or look what Rob Zombie did for SIG HAG. Yes. You know, it just, it just, uh, or, uh, and Robert Foster. Yeah. You know, Robert Foster said for years, I had up area in my career where it was just bad. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you just connect with the right people and, you know, and then they. Uh, Keep you going. It's it's a good fit, I guess. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, so back to Vita. So what I'm, I'm fascinated by is with, with the whole politically correctness right now with the Persian, with Saudi Arabia, with, you know, uh, Dubai and all this yes. stuff that's happening, um, and and the Me Too movement, women's – because you know, I have this thing where I'm like – I know we're not going to get too political. But, but we're
2: post-Me Too movement, I know.
1: But I'm always amazed, like, the Middle East has the worst conditions for, for women, but yet – America support in so many ways. We are so we need them for the so many oil.
2: things. Oil, isn't and the, it amazing? It's so crazy. it's like
1: you know they're horrible to gays, they're horrible to women, and it's just always
2: awful to women, awful to gay people, terrible, terrible.
1: It's it's not even like it's close. I mean, it's just like a third world country, and they get way. a
2: free pass because of the oil money, right? And the location, location, location.
1: Wow, that's but fast. things
2: were different. Um, for my parents, when they grew up in Iran, it was a very cosmopolitan place. No head scarves. It was just a different thing. That's what's so scary about. It's like a religious fanaticism, without mm-hmm. getting too political or religious. Well, no,
1: I mean that's when you have a family that comes from a situation where they fl- fled. You know this. I hope what Americans can wake up now with the last four years and realize. This is what happened in Venezuela. You know? Oh, my God, yes. Trump can be, and I said the word, but Trump can be symbolic of how a country gets taken over by a dictator. It's very slow. And
2: Venezuela was in with Iran. So, yes. I mean, that was really scary. I have Venezuelan friends that were very nervous. And look at what's happening now. So, you know, I, I had a lot of hopes for them. I mean, who's to say anything about anything anymore?
1: Right. Well, of course, do you watch the Shaws of Sunset? Yes, and I've met some of them. Let's just bring it right back to (laughs) the really important stuff. I've
2: met some of them. You know, they're very interesting characters. They're very uh, wise business people.
1: Because, you know, I'm a reality freak. Mm. Like, a lot of people find that they're very shocked that I watch all the housewife shows. No kidding. And the Shaws of Sunset. Mm. And uh, which one? Have you met Reza and I've met Reza.
2: I've read um, MJ's Very Nice. Uh, Gold Nessa is not what I expected. She's not as crazy. You know, they play personalities. Yeah. And I met the one, Lily. She has the Lily lashes. Yeah. She was really sweet. And then the other one that I met, I forget the... Not the the cute guy. I met him once. And then there was another girl. The one that has that diamond water, I met Oh, her. that's
1: had the baby with the Michael Jackson. This
2: S- uh, Jermaine's G- son. son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's nice. She's very nice. But yeah, I mean they're they're very wise business people because they all have, you know, hair extension lines or makeup right. lines or the lily lashes and Reza's got like what, high-end shampoos and soaps right. and so they're very good business people. I wish I had that business acumen that these Persians have, but
1: Now, how do you feel as an cuz there's this whole um, there's a whole thing about the reality world. A lot of actors when it started were so against the reality world. And now, of course, they're Actors trying to get on reality shows, you know, especially the housewives. Right. What do you, do you have any feeling about, are you anti reality or, you know, my you mom loves
2: the bachelor and the bachelorette. So that's the only one that I watch because my yeah. mom loves it.
1: But so you're not into,
2: I don't know. I guess I, I tried to watch the Shaws of sunset. It just never, cause I have cousins that were realtors with Reza and the girl oh, from MJ and they're like, close to home? yeah, they're like, you know, they're not that wealthy. Right. They were just struggling, just like everybody else. Not every Persians like a rich Beverly Hills That's Persian. That's such a
1: stereotype. Yes,
2: right. and then and then my cousins like you know the first season they weren't wearing louboutin shoes. They were wearing like regular shoes. So the, then they got like product placement yeah. and you know so you know more power to them. Oh, but yeah. I don't know. I maybe who knows? Maybe like a scripted reality, but I just don't know enough about it. I just watched The Bachelor and Bachelorette with my mom.
1: Well, you know the <laughs> thing is, I always say. um, Being especially from improv, honestly, this is all improv. It is all, I mean, there's a lot of of it, they think is scripted. But I, I have people have have friends who've worked on some of the housewife shows. What they do is they set up the situation Mm. just like you would in an improv show, right? So it's like, okay, Vita, you and I, you know, we're going to meet at the restaurant, uh, and they'll also feed information, like they'll say to Reza. Well you know MJ's told us that you're cheating on your boyfriend or whatever. Oh right, then, right, right. And then so they you put you in a situation and it's like <laughs> it's like a dog fight.
2: Oh right, right, and right. And then
1: and then they capture what happens. But it's not like it's scripted. And I always think they're not getting credit for being good improv actors like they should.
2: That's true. You know, you're because right. a lot
1: of actors can't improv either
2: that's definitely true I
1: don't know about you but I've worked I love I love off the cuff improv. me too me too but I have had to be very respectful at times to get on a set with certain actors who cannot veer from or do not want to they don't want to and don't try to yeah make them veer either
2: yeah
1: because <laughs> yeah. it won't end well yeah, but, but thankfully
2: I'm, with Dustin, I've had the opportunity to improvise. I even asked him, is it okay? He's like, sure, it's fine. If you want to add any elements to your character, feel free to do so. He's very open in that way. He really likes improv, so the, I feel that. I think that's important.
0: That. It's funny. I heard a story once. Roger Corman was doing a movie called The Raven. Right. And he had Peter Laurie, Vincent Price, and uh, Boris Koloff. And Boris Koloff was old school, strictly from the script. Vincent Price could go both ways. He was easy. Peter Lorre would make it up as he went along. Oh, I don't no, think he I went through that. And so Boris Koloff went over to uh, Roger Corman and said, you know, I read my script and then Peter Lorre just comes with crazy stuff. What am I supposed to do? And Roger Corman had to kind of like... Like wrangle the whole team together. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, you learn that as actors, you know, everybody. That's the only thing, too, about um, I don't like to like sit around and pontificate on acting because... I think everybody has their own method. Everybody has their it's own so, thing, yeah. You know, personal to each person, exactly. Um, but it's always i am always like um, fascinated when I work on a set by actors. All have their own process. You know, For there's sure. some actors that, especially in like on television, where you know you have all this dialogue, and and they'll—I've worked with big names who just—they don't—they haven't even learned. They're looking at their little lines right before wow. and they're like, Okay, ready, let's go and then they they do it and then it's over and they've forgotten and moved on. But you know, when you come in as a guest star you're like, you know, your lines, you know everybody's yes. lines. But when you become a series regular and you have to It's
2: like etched in stone.
1: Yeah. But I'm always <laughs> fascinating. And then there are other actors who have to work on it and they don't want to, you know, veer off. So
2: Right. Everybody yeah. has their own totally. Totally. So yeah, so that's that's been an interesting experience. Um, I also shot uh, Meat Hook the Final Chapter as part of the Meat Hook Massacre franchise. So that was a lot of fun. Again, that was another Dustin Ferguson movie. And that just got a lot of attention. These cult franchises, they do so well for they themselves. such a following. Yeah, such a huge following. Did so you say support- number
1: five? Wait, what? Well, were- they
2: don't call it number five. They call it Meat Hook Massacre the Final Chapter. But oh. it's the last one. It's the last one in the franchise. Wow. So it was number five.
1: Now, had you... Are you had you been familiar with the other?
2: Yes, I saw Meat Hook One and Two, so and uh, parts of Three. So I really enjoyed it, and uh, it, you know he's very dedicated to film. He's a he's a true film. I guess like he's like Joe. He knows all his film trivia. He's like a film historian. You should see the two of them together. They just talk movies that most people don't even understand or have not even heard of. So, they, they, they as well as popular films, but they just have a, a love and a, and, a, and a trivia they have for me. They should have like a movie trivia night.
1: You guys should do a podcast. Yeah, they should. Like a movie, a podcast. movie trivia podcast. Well, I mean, that's the kind of director you want to work with someone that has a real yes, passion. Yes, who for loves
2: it. movies and he even owns a video store at one time. I mean, this guy is really something. He's very, very wise. He loves movies more than, I don't know and if he he's loves movies more than Joe He's a young Williamson. guy. He's a young guy, yeah, but an mm. old soul. Right. Mm. But
1: that's what I find. That's what I love now as the old guy, as one of the you old don't guys. Me, You don't Jasper. look old to me, Jasper. Come on. Well, thank you. But I mean, oh, I'm, now, I'm now that older guy a lot of times on sets. I mean, there's people older than me sometimes. But what I like is meeting the young directors and the actors that are still really excited. Yes. And they have the passion and... They have that, like, just that excitement that yes. we all have and yes. had.
2: But some of us just harness a lot more than others. But well, you
0: know, I think some people, and most people, it's so hard just to get a couple of TV credits, and you've got so many, just. I right? know. Well, thank you. And I
1: never take it for granted. I mean, but, you know, it's. But been, you
2: worked hard to get you, to where you, you are.
1: 32 years. Of, wow. Yeah.
0: Well, there's been people, it's, I know people, it's worked longer, and they don't even have half your credits. Yeah. Or TV credits, especially. Exactly. Well, thank you.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, like all of us, you know, I was, when you're younger, you're just, you're just hustling. You're Mm. hustling so hard that you don't have, you didn't take time to enjoy the hustle.
2: Oh. And
1: so I say to young people now, I'm like the old guy, come over here. No, I always say, you know, really, because I hate this phrase, when I make it. Oh, You know, Hollywood does this thing with actors about when you make it, and I Have been with friends. I've got friends who were big stars, and you're kind of you're making it the journey all along. You're making it. Mm -hmm. You just don't understand because you there's this like this it thing that
2: right. It's not a race; it's a marathon. Like you're trying to get, but then
1: it there's really it doesn't. You never get there. Hopefully, because if you get there, you've it's over. So hopefully, part of the journey is just trying to keep doing good work. But I do find that in L.A. and Hollywood particular, and I was a victim of it, too. Like, I gotta, I gotta get there. Like, uh, I didn't really want to be... I never wanted to be famous. I always just... I always thought, one, if I could make a living doing it, but two, just have the respect of my peers. Mm. Like, be known within the industry. Yes. But I didn't really care about outside the industry. I mean, that right. kind of... But now I think because of the younger generation with reality and stuff... Everybody just wants to be famous.
2: Social media and Instagram and Snapchat. Everything's and just about being famous. Endorsement deals and influencer agencies. It's a whole different world now.
1: And you can see now in the breakdowns, the casting breakdowns. You'll see they'll at some of the they'll say, "Please don't submit anyone less than fifty thousand Twitter followers." Yes. Or twenty five thousand. But you
2: know it stabs them in the back because I know some of those people. And there's a girl who I forget her name, but she's rep by CAA. And these other actors we were at a photo shoot. She was saying, they were saying, oh, my God, you're rep by CAA? That's so cool. She's like, yeah, but I never get anything. No, They treat me like dirt when I go into auditions because there's all these working actresses and name actresses. And they just throw me a bone because, you know, I'm rep by CAA and I have these good numbers. But it doesn't really get – she's like, it gets me to the middle of nothing. I thought that was an interesting – Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, you know, you're probably doing really well with all your uh, diet iced teas. That I was going to say, you and can make a lot of money. Detox then... iced teas and what else – the other things that they promote. Like, I don't know. She talks, I detox ice iced tea. Detox and like certain kinds the, of French the taste-less, manicures, taste-less <laughs> yeah,
1: vegan exactly. Burgers and stuff. Or like
2: you know the, the, the cardboard the, the stuff, juice infused water, or what is it <laughs> called the um, the the cherry infused with the real what cherries ever. in it. <laughs> or
1: meanwhile, she's apple. eating a in the car. Yeah, you know, exactly. I it's, always love that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors. It
2: is. The, it is. So yeah. So it's interesting. But yeah, the it's it's a, it's an interesting dichotomy in our industry. So many things have changed yet so many things stay the same so um yeah so i worked on meat hook that was a wonderful experience and i'm also going to be working on another film of dustin ferguson's with a wonderful ensemble cast we have maria olsen who's a really noted actress yeah maria i want to work with her actually i'm so excited i'm going to work with her in two movies one of them is la shark attack yeah so excited and then um, also again with Brink Stevens, uh, wonderful Mel Novak, Donna Lee Heising. It's a really good cast. on Peter
0: Stickles in that one too.
2: Oh, uh, Peter Stickles is in that. He's a he's a big indie actor. And oh, what other names are in this? Um,
0: uh, Pinhead. Oh, the, the guy, guy that's research. playing uh, oh, Paul whoa. Taylor? Is that yes. his name?
2: Yeah, yeah, the new pinhead. Now, what are
1: you playing? What kind of character are that?
2: I'm a marine biologist. Look I get to you. play smart ladies. You go from the ditzy 911
1: operator yes, to, to the marine, marine biologist. biologist. But are I was a slutty? scientist before. Is she slutty?
2: Um, not really. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a flirt, no? Okay. No, sort of. A little bit. Uh, I'm not as smart as the other ones are. Right. Because I guess I'm a little younger, so I'm like a junior smart person. But I was, also a smart, I was also a smart person, and I was like a researcher in Robo Woman. So I've been smart before. Yeah, I mean,
1: you, I could see where... I mean, we, I, I tell actors all the time, too. There's certain things we can't control, like what we bring in front of the camera. So you're always going to be smart. Like, do you, even if you're playing simple, like you were mentioning the 911 operator... She's got her shit together.
2: She's still like, but I don't know about this part. Like, she was still questioning, like, the sheriff without giving too much away. But yeah, like a little bit smart, but not like the king of the nerds smart. Like, there's always, like, a smarter person, but I'm, like, a secondary smart. She had common sense. Yeah. I think when I get older, I'm going to be, like, the smarter person. Like, I'll be, like, the dean of the university. There's a shrewdness.
1: There's a shrewdness there. There's a shrewdness.
2: I hope so. That's the good Persian But I'm party. not like the Persian businesswoman. I, I, I'm, they're so good at business. I'm from like a more of a educational family. There were like teachers, professors. Right. More, I wish I was like a Persian more business grounded. lady. Yeah, very grounded. But affordable. his father
0: actually worked on NASA. On the, <laughs> she uh... said grounded like it was a bad thing. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'd rather be like a bougie Persian. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be
0: like MJ, yeah.
2: Yeah, I want to be like MJ. But would I want to? No. I don't know. It's too much pressure. No,
1: no. and is she happy?
2: No, no, <laughs> no! I gotta keep up with the Joneses or the Ahmeds or whomever. I don't know. I, 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 you know, I have to say, I really love the studio coming in. It's very zen. I feel like I'm more of an earthy. You're kind an of earthy person. person. But as somebody that says they're earthy, does that really mean they're earthy though? Hmm. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: I don't know. But yeah,
1: I could see you playing a lot of the sort of hippie, hippie. I love hippie Hippie in stuff. a good way. You yeah. know, like Earth Mother. Yogi. Yes, yes, kind of I'm stuff. really
2: into yoga. When I c- came into this uh, beautiful uh, building, uh, the first thing I noticed was the incense and the Buddha. I was in love. So, yeah, that's definitely my thing. So that thing. was
1: in your, in your wheelhouse.
2: That's definitely in my, And I have uh, dervishes in my ancestry, so, you know, you never know. So wow. I wish I was a good psychic. I'd open a shop in Beverly Hills, <laughs> make a fortune, right, and do the acting on the side. But I am also working on a couple other projects. Miranda Vale should be out later this year. Garvish Garvish's film. I really enjoyed working on that one. That was a, like a fantasy thriller film. I really enjoyed that. I played a very concerned young mom, like a career woman young mom. And then another film I'm very excited about where I get to work with Maria once again is uh, Ed and the Living Dead. Wow. And that's a period piece. And I play an actress who's, you know, kind of getting up there in her career and you know when they a lot of the times when they're older they have to do like schlocky horror movies? So I play like Victoria <laughs> Crane and I was like an I was like an MGM type actress. A Joan and now, Crawford. Like a Joan Crawford oh. or like a Merle Oberon is who they compared I me to, it. which I love. Uh like a Vivian Lee type and I have to humble myself by being in this Shitty, Ed Wood movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm really snobby and I'm really full of myself and I have like a what is it called what they wear when the was the fur thing that they wear it's not a fedora it's a little
1: cape little, the, the, the with the heads on it no it's no, like
2: no. a little fur thing like a flapper has a little Fur—it's oh, like a little fur wraparound thing. The fashion
1: jean. i don't. Oh uh,
2: well, is... I wear like you know the the, the very frou-frou clothes, oh, okay. and I have like the long cigarette, and it's like I'm a 1940s. Wow. So I'm really looking forward to that one. I've always wanted to be like a in a period piece. I've vo- done voiceover that's a period piece. I'm reoccurring on the suspense show. It's on XM Satellite Radio. It's right around here at Rally Studios, Melrose yes. Music. I work on that, and I play a lot of. Like retro roles, like um, what are those uh, femme fatale types of things? But it'll be nice to be one on camera, so I look forward to that. Oh, that's
1: great! Yeah, yeah. You know, do you know who Teresa Saldana is? Yes. You kind of remind me of her. Oh, what a compliment! And also Sean Young.
2: Thank you, thank you. I loved her in that um, Kevin Costner movie. Yeah. um, I wouldn't want to be her in real life. She's a little cuckoo for cocoa puff. Sorry, Sean Young, but an incredible actress.
1: She's great. That's yeah. A, yeah that's a tra- that's a whole sad story of how talented she is. And I know it's almost her too personal talented. Demons, her and James
2: it. Woods together is not a Ooh. on screen is a good comedy. Wasn't there a
1: voodoo doll involved or something? I think some, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't see. I told you the time would go right. Yes. It has flown by. Thank so, you for
2: the compliments. I'm so touched coming from you. That means no. A lot. That's how
1: I like to like pinpoint people but I've been watching you and listening to you and I love Teresa Sedona she was Me a great too. actress yeah. yeah yeah
0: Joe thank you so much my pleasure. It's a great seeing you again, and I really appreciate you having uh, having us on. Thank you so much. Well, it's been great. I could talk to you for three hours. Oh, me too. So Such an honor to be on your show. You're welcome to come back anytime.
2: Thank you so much. Such and, an honor.
1: And good luck with everything. Good luck with all the Thank films. You. I'd love to work with you. I would Maybe love to work could, with you. Let's put that out in the universe. Yes, let's right? put that
2: out in the ether. We
1: could play like a couple. like, a, like We could. Like or a,
2: family. We could
1: be family. You,
2: you have could, dark features. I could be the
1: homeless brother that... It could be
2: the bad boy brother, the bad
1: boy that ended. They kicked me out of the family.
0: Or you
2: got a, like a gambling problem or something.
0: Or Usually yeah. it's all of the above.
2: Or you're, you're like a bookie. <laughs> or <laughs> there you go.
0: And yeah. By the way, congratulations on all your great projects you thank got coming out. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them. I appreciate it. And thank a you. And
2: huge congrats on the rookie. Oh, TV thank you. Is, is primo, so that's, that's... really impressive. Well, Network television, recurring
0: role.
1: Recurring role. Yeah. Oh, yeah wow. we just found out the show got picked up. So fingers crossed that Crackhead Fred will. Make his appearance again. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Thank and Thank you, you. so much. Um, peace out, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Bye. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the
0: latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.